From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm hosting live from New York City today. But I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist, who is in our normal studio in Philadelphia Hello, Americas. Are you holding down the fort in Philly? You know, I'm trying to hold down the fort in Philly in your absence, Barbara, but I'm excited for you because <laughs> you're going to the U.S. Open. You're doing all kinds of cool stuff there. You're on a non-sabbatical sabbatical, and uh, you're, you're on sabbatical and working hard, as you always do, uh, and so super excited. We can't wait to get you back here in the Philadelphia studios, though. Very cool. Yeah, it's really fun to be in New York. Mm. Beautiful city. Big Not Apple. as nice as Philly, of course, but pretty <laughs> exciting to that's be right, in New York. That's right. Well, we call Philly New York light, is is that a, is that yes, a fair exactly. characterization? Okay, so, yeah, yeah, Philly's New York easy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. Exactly. Very cool. But we have a great show this uh, today where you have Peter Adams, who's a senior reporter of Marketing Dive. And like usual, Peter's been writing some very cool marketing stories. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. So we'd like to start right away because we haven't had you on for a while and you've been really yes. busy writing some very cool stories. Yes. Let's start right away with some of your <laughs> stories you've written about. Like the first one I'm looking at has to do with Dove, Dove soap, Dove deodorant, and they are embracing armpit confidence. Oh, dear. Can you explain to <laughs> wait a minute, us wait a minute, wait a minute. exactly what that means? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ar- wait a minute, Barbara. i got to make sure I've, I've heard this correctly. Did you say armpit confidence? Absolutely. Wow. Apparently, women have been embarrassed oh, about no. their armpits, but Dove, which is right. always interested in yeah. making women feel good about themselves and Correct. their bodies, Correct. have taken on the armpit. Is that right? That's right. Is and that, that we are we are completely coming out against armpit shaming. Okay, it's yeah, exactly. not. It's we're not going to have that, Peter. What what's going on with this story? It's good to know. Yeah, you're taking the bold stance against armpit shaming. Um, but yeah, a, a, a campaign I'm sure will be very relatable to a lot of people. Barbara, I know you said you're in New York right now. It's currently like 100 degrees mm. outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a, and a campaign that's all about um, uh, women feeling uh, uh, very self-conscious about their armpits. Uh, the brand last year conducted some research that found wow. that many... Uh, women believe there is a sort of airbrushed beauty standard when it comes to armpits. It has to be smooth. It has to be even toned. <laughs> wow. Can't have any hair. These are first uh, world problems, man. But go ahead, please. <laughs> uh, and so Dove is uh, running a bunch of ads. Interesting. Uh, and a couple of activations around New York Fashion Week oh. that are just saying, hey, you know, don't don't worry about it. Embrace it. Uh, make it part of your personality. Wow. Uh, and so these ads running on subways in New York just show uh, – women in subway cars uh, showing off uh, their underarms. Wow. Uh, but yes, as Barbara said, part of Dove's long-standing uh, positioning around this real beauty concept. Gotcha. So I want to just, sorry, Barbara, can I just ask this question before you jump in? So is the idea that here, the, here eau de natural, so here's the, here's the armpit hair, and then is the idea, Barbara, that we have a product for, you know, is we, you, you can shampoo it and make it like really silky? <laughs> And like braid it. Is that, what's the, I mean, how, what's the? How does Dove solve the problem? I mean, is it just like a? Is it purely one of these sort of social image issues that we're bringing, raising awareness, or what, Barbara? What's going on here? 
Well, Peter, you weigh in, but my sense is they have this long history, and most of the time it's been a hit. Sometimes it's a miss. They once did these shampoo bottles in the shape of women's Uh, bodies, Right, that was a terrible miss. Yes. But except for that, they've typically taken on things that have made women self-conscious and told them, it's okay, don't worry about it. And they've gotten a lot of positive reinforcement for that. It's really built the brand. Now, it's possible this is taking it too far i don't know <laughs> well what, what's your what's your gut barbara i mean well, how did that when it, how did that first land on you just your first initial kind of knee-jerk reaction you know it is kind of interesting because i love what dove has done in the past they really have tried to make people feel women in particular feel comfortable with their bodies but i'm not sure about this one it, it does kind of hit me in a funny way it mm-hmm. might I don't know, Peter. Did you have? Did you when you were talking to them or or reporting about it? Did you hear any reaction to this campaign? Uh, I imagine it's definitely something that's intended to be a bit of a conversation starter. You know, the idea of uh, versus something they've done before, like uh, just general body positivity, or uh, you know, embracing different hairstyles or more mm-hmm. diverse models. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an argument to be made that uh, you know. Your armpits are just kind of something that no one is, man or woman, super comfortable with, yes, uh, yes, especially yes. in hot weather. Hot weather. Uh, oh, dear. I, I do think it's, um, you know, a little <laughs> bit more of a, a, of a stretch potentially. That said, you know, deodorant is one of their big products and they're timing this to New York Fashion Week. Mm. And one of the sort of, uh, you know, clever aspects of it is they've set up this thing they're calling a pit stop, where if you're in town, oh, you can go to a station they have, pick a up some stop. deodorant, pick up pick up a subway <laughs> card. Uh, and again, it's a start of New York Fashion Week, so they're oh, expecting wow. more uh, foot traffic. And gotcha. also, uh, you know, people might just be in need of deodorant because so, it's 100 degrees so, so now, here. So, so now, Peter, would they, as part of this activation, would, would they potentially have like a part of the runway, some sort of fashion show where they would, you know, showcase... This sort of, you know, eau de natural, and it, you know, is it is it just the the pit stop idea? I'm just I'm trying to get a sense of like how because I I don't think this I, I don't know I, to your point, Barbara. I just this is not landing on me for some reason. I'm not even well. Sure I mean, why. they are giving away free things free, that okay. supplies last. You okay. know, they'll give away free deodorant, and free things deodorant. like that. You okay. know, and and when we even you know relating way back to a real miss, which was Bud Light. Mm. There's a lot of pressure on brands now mm. to make themselves relevant. You yeah. know, to stand outside of the clutter. You yeah. know, and I think. I do think they're moving a little bit more risque here to get attention. I do. I f- uh, it feels more provocative to your point, Barbara. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of the idea. How does Dove get the attention? Everybody's in New York. You might remember way back when Warby Parker got their big start during, like, a fashion week in New oh, York by okay. doing something that popped during okay. New York Fashion Week and got a lot of attention. Uh-huh. So, if, what, what did they do? Like, of- what did they do, Barbara? Foot warts? <laughs> no, not that risque. No? Okay, not they, that risque. They okay. used the New Sorry. York Public Library with big blue books, oh, you know. And yeah, yeah, That okay. was like their, that was the beginning of the Warby branding. Interesting. And so there's a lot of media in town for uh-huh. New York Fashion Week. Mm. And if they can do something that gets attention and is in good taste, you know, or just on this side of good taste yeah, or however you're right, going to say it, right. it could be a real hit Interesting. for, you know, a pretty pedestrian product like deodorant. Right. That's a good uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. So it could really work. But yeah. the problem with a lot of these branding ideas is they are a little bit risque. They're so a little I risque. Yeah. So so you are the journalistic guru here, Peter. What's the word on the street? Is this is this landing? Is it what, what are the what are the reactions to consumers? What are the reactions to the people you're talking to? 
Um, so, you know, it, the, a lot of the New York fashion week stuff doesn't kick off in earnest okay. until tomorrow. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So it, the, the, the public reaction, not super clear. Um, but I would imagine, you know, they're definitely angling for a little bit of controversy. Controversy. Yeah. You, know, you think about this happening around New York fashion week, fashion week is not necessarily something that's thought of as having the most, um, diverse array of beauty standards you know oh, rail thin models very buttoned up very luxe yeah high gloss yep. and this is you know dove throwing out a bunch of ads that's like you know here here are real women not models showing off their armpits on the subway so it's <laughs> it's very much deliberately in contrast yeah. i think with yep. um how uh, uh how kind of ritzy fashion week interesting is. barbara and, that, sorry. Right. and that and that really that stays with their history and their legacy yeah i wanted you about to, real yeah. women yeah to talk about yeah. that barbara elaborate on that unpack that for uh myself and our listeners a little bit the idea of authenticity and that there's a history here they've got some degrees of freedom to play with right before we dismiss them outright because they no, talk about exactly that. yeah I think what Peter said is really the point because, you know, how relevant is Fashion Week to the rest of the world? Not really. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford that fashion. I'm not thin enough to make it look good enough, you know, and things like that. Yes. And so what could be more authentic and real than, yes. like, it's hot in New York that's and I'm right. sweating. You there know? you go. That's, that's funny. That's pretty. Yeah, so I, it could work mm. um, and it could get just enough attention. And, you know, it's interesting. He said Peter mentioned that Fashion Week starts tomorrow because that is actually what Warby Parker did way back when, Mm. was they released their New York public um, thing that they did to get awareness when they first started, the day before Fashion Week started, because a lot of media were in town Mm. with nothing to do, so or (laughs) nothing to write about before Fashion Week started. Got it. And so here was a story to write about. And that it worked like really well for them. I'm not saying it's gonna do the same thing for Dove, but it is an interesting strategy where you're looking for the combination Mm. of Media needs something to write about. People are looking <laughs> to talk, uh-huh. you know. Right. We're trying to juxtapose a everyday brand, like a deodorant brand, yes. with the luxury and fashion of New York Fashion Week. That's What's the exact right play? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it yeah. is. Now that, you know, Peter, thank you for thinking about it that way, because I think it does make it see, kind that, of see, interesting. See, the way you just, the, the way you, I just have to give you big time kudos and props, Barbara. You just reverse engineered an incredibly beautiful, theoretically brilliant logic behind all this. I'm sure that's exactly what they were thinking. No, I, I bet it was. I bet it was. I'm Very going cool. from a, I don't know, to a yay, a first yeah. class hit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Very cool. Awesome. Although yeah, when it comes to marketing, sometimes the, the first impression uh, matters the most. So yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe This is true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll have to do like what America's calls these things a hiss. We a don't hiss. know. <laughs> we don't know. That's great. That's good. Good, Either good a stuff. hit or a miss. Yep. One of them will be right. One of them will be right. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about another story you had, which um, is on Heineken. Um, and what I really like about this story, Peter, and you can talk more about this, is they're going after hardcore gamers. And I'm really interested mm. in that segment. Yes. So can you tell us what Heineken's doing with this? Yeah, so they uh, uh, last week or, or earlier this week came out with this effort that's very targeted at Brazil. Mm. Um, Brazil being one of Heineken's biggest growth markets at the moment. And basically they've come out with this uh, novelty product. Seems like it's short selling it because it's an actual you know gaming PC, a high-end sophisticated PC that you can play games on. But it doubles 
uh, as a beer fridge. Uh, so <laughs> you figure if you want to kick back after a long day, crack open a beer, and oh, play some God. video games. This is now that's got to be a hit. This is not controversial. Wait a second. This hold is clearly on, hold on, hold on. a hit. You owe, you, come on. You owe, so it's a, it, it doubles as a beer fridge, Peter. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Is that, I should say, so yeah, yeah. They, they had an engineering team kind of solve the logistics of, because um, when you get into these really high-end gaming PCs that are thousands of dollars yeah. and all these component parts moving together, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had your laptop on your lap at one point and go, oh, this is running really hot. Yes. You think about it, with a yes. really sophisticated rig, it gets really hot yes. and it needs a cooling system oh, I see. Uh, integrated. And so they figured out some way to jerry-rig Got- it so... <laughs> It keeps the PC cool and it also wow. keeps beers cool. That's amazing. Um, what's going to yeah. keep What's going to keep the gamers from filling that up full of monster? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know, but it's got beer and gaming. It's got the Heineken logo on it. Interesting. So they, they've They've got the product. Ma- there. Maybe this actually, is actually. Sorry, I was going to say maybe this is a Brazilian thing, and I want Barbara. You have some. You've been studying the gamer identity, the gamer segment. So speak a little bit as well, Barbara, on this idea about because you were telling me like gamers don't like to be called gamers. There are tons of well, them that some are out, don't, some but of them. This okay. is, a, is this different? Yeah, this is a hardcore. This, this is, is hardcore. A hardcore group. Okay, interesting. Um, so they, one of the things that's interesting is to just think about, and I've been talking to a lot of my our colleagues on this, Americas, on um, you know how to integrate Web 3.0 and a real digital environment, and a lot of what's going on in Web 3.0 is this gaming environment, and mo- a lot of very creative marketing strategies hitting up this gaming environment. Heineken is an interesting brand because they're one of the first ones out with a 0.0 beer, you know, no oh. alcohol beer that tastes really, really good. Okay. I, I kind of, I've been giving <laughs> up minute, alcohol for a while. Uh-huh. You, I have you've to done say. The re- and you've done the research on this, Barbara? <laughs> I really have. And Lots of research. Heineken, Heineken Zero <laughs> Is the best tasting, in my opinion. I have absolutely no affiliation with with beer or Heineken. Uh-huh. It's the best tasting no alcohol beer I've tasted, um, and so they and that's hard to do. Apparently, it's hard to make beer taste good without the alcohol in it, and they've done a really good job. So they are ahead of the curve in innovation, mm-hmm. and clearly, the next generation you're going to have to understand the gaming environment. You're going to have to understand Web 3.0, and this is a way kind of old school, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the cooling mm-hmm. environment. Yes. But really getting into something that might appeal to that to that segment. To me, this is clearly a hit. There's really? No oh, that's interesting. That's I think interesting. this is a cool idea. Peter, did you have a reaction to it when you were writing about it? I thought I think uh, America's point earlier about like um, marketers who kind of tiptoe around gamers. They want to appeal to them, but they know some of that audience, um, you know, maybe has a negative connotation with that or doesn't want to just be labeled that. I think this campaign stands out a little bit because... It explicitly does the opposite. You know, they, they're really going for the people who uh, have built a lot of their identity around uh, uh, being enthusiasts. They're called PC modders. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. this is something. And if you look up like the, the component parts for building a PC like this, you know, oh, it's thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Okay. Like, this is interesting. Not just playing the games themselves. I see. The hobby of actually building the rig is like a real thing. Interesting. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Interesting. Forgot that yeah, the and story. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that's a smaller audience than, you know, people who play, you know, just like Fortnite yes. or yeah. Xbox or, or something like yeah. that. Right. But again, if you can 
reach a smaller but more targeted audience yes, that potentially more loyal. has more residents yes. than just a big brand play. Yeah. Yes. I, it's just interesting to me, Peter, speak on this because they, they must have the, – the, uh, the, the saying is that marketing starts with science and ends in art. And they must have had an insight, Barbara, that says we had a lot of folks in Brazil that are what do you call them? PC modders? Is that was the was that the name? That's what that's what Heineken calls. I just <laughs> lots think of PC, PC gamers. Yeah, yeah but P- people who build uh-huh. these custom rigs. P- yeah. P- PC modders in Brazil, Barbara, they're drinking lots of beer. The data showed this apparently, right? So yeah, this- <laughs> I bet you. And they can, and they can be drinking zero point zero too. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, very, you know, very cool. Heineken has a portfolio for everybody. Yep. Let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with Americus Reed. This is. Marketing Matters. And today we're joined by our friend Peter Adams, who's a senior reporter of Marketing Dive. And if you'd like to ask Peter or any of us a question about today's show, please feel free to call in at 1 844 Wharton. That's 1 844 942 7866. But Peter, let me take you to another one of your stories because you've just been on fire with these stories. They're so interesting. (laughs) And so, one of our favorite brands that we're rooting for, but who knows if it's ever going to turn around, is JC. JC and they are doing something else to try to turn around. They're going to invest, according to your story, more than a billion dollars to improve areas like customer experience mm. and operations. And they're doing whatever they can to turn around this embattled department store. Interesting. <laughs> I, Barbara, I, campaign I, calls. Yeah. No, Their so, new campaign is called "Make It Count," make, <laughs> and they're looking at making fashionable access, you know, fashion yeah. accessible. Um, they're offering a new loyalty program. I don't oh, know a whole lot of stuff for a very old brand. What very, do you think, very, Peter? Is yeah. this going to work? This strategy? Uh, it's very tough to tell. I mean, the department. Barbara, I know you, both of you, you know, have some retail, uh, deep retail background, and yeah, J.C. Penney is one of those brands that has struggled multiple times to reinvent itself, and this is just the latest. A bit at reinvention, and it comes at a time when the face of retail has changed uh, pretty dramatically with the pandemic uh, and just the rise of e-commerce, et cetera. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, one of the things I spoke to their chief customer officer about Mm. this campaign is, you know, a very deliberate break with how department store chain messaging, uh, particularly from the value front, has typically been done. You know, you think you get a little catalog and it says, you know, buy this for this cheap price and it's marked down. They're going for a much more storytelling driven. Uh, they've got these new ads out that show uh, that attempt to show, you know, families, friends, these sort of messier, more authentic moments while also uh, showcasing the kind of apparel lineup they have and being a little more fashion forward. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's yeah. tough to tell whether this will be the, the, the needed turnaround, but they're certainly putting a lot of money behind this. Uh uh, along with the larger billion-dollar reinvestment plan over the next several years. Yeah, just kind of surprising to me because a lot of people are pulling away from spending a lot of money on this, and yet here J.C. Penney's still trying to make it count, which is what their campaign is. You know, yeah, by fitting the way, name. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, Peter, if you, you didn't write about this, but I don't know if you've come across this in the retail world. One of the things that's really difficult in the retail world now is all the theft. Mm. Have you? And I wonder how much that is hitting at um, JCPenney, too. It's like really scary amount of theft, like organized crime coming in and audaciously ripping off like big amounts of merchandise. Wow. You go into some of these retail stores now, like a CVS or Walgreens, and shampoo is behind a locked cabinet. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. To me. Wow. Have you come into this discussion at all, Peter, or did you talk about J- to JCPenney about that at all? 
Uh, it didn't come up. Um, I do know that their retail strategy kind of differs from what others are doing. Uh, and I don't know the likelihood that that makes them more of a target or not. But, uh, you know, I know rivals like uh, Kohl's uh, or, or Macy's have sort of switched up their approach to the store format. Some of them are pulling back a little bit on malls. Mm. Uh, but JCPenney is kind of sticking to its guns in that respect. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I don't know if that would affect what you're sort of talking about, Barbara, in terms of making it more of a target for yeah. these sort of, uh, you know, hit and run, go and grab stuff, run out. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, I know that's something all big retail chains are kind of contending with right gotcha. now. And anecdotally, yeah. I went to a Dwayne Reed today and yeah, I had to ring the buzzer to get right. help three times because <laughs> everything was locked up behind the case. Wow. Yeah. That, that's absolutely incredible. Let me get to, uh, here's a hypothesis, Barbara, Peter. What what, have you th- what do you think about this hypothesis? Just change the name and start over. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I mean, because like when you said J.C. Penney, Barbara, when you introduced that, I was like, they're they're still in business. I mean, I was, I it was, you know what I mean. So talk to me to elaborate on that, Barbara. The idea of like there's just so much old. I mean, what do you do? Why not just start over and just like start with a totally new concept? What do you think? But about you that? know, it's hitting Middle America. It's not like I think that it, there's got this legacy mm. and they've got all this physical retail tied up. And if they can get the right messaging there. Mm-hmm. For the kind of product they sell, for the customer they're selling, there might be a messaging in a campaign that's worth investing. Um, but they have, to your point, been at it for a really long time, and it's just not clear this is going to make it work. Mm. I mean, that's what I think. I think it's worth the effort, but mm. mm-hmm. it's a ha- long haul. I don't think restarting is going to be any okay. better, though. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, it's a really difficult balance to strike. I think America's point, uh, America's point about, oh, I didn't know they were still in business is a common narrative with a lot of these small <laughs> brands at the moment. Um, and I, I asked JCPenney about this. Like, how do you balance putting a new foot forward while preserving something that's familiar? I think if you can do it right, um, you know, you tap into the heyday of department store shopping mm. when it was, right. uh, uh, oh, uh, you know, an enjoyable, a tactile experience. A lot of their ads are focused on this idea of hardworking families. Oh, interesting. Uh, like Barbara said, middle America, working middle class America. people, they really want to appeal to them. Um, yeah, and, you and there's a real convenience, you know, mm. like mm. having yeah. everything in one place, going right, shopping. Right, and right. They used to have, the, and like what Peter was saying, value pricing and things like that. Yep. You know, it's not sexy. It's no <laughs> armpit story. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it That's is, funny. you know, it does, knit, it does need a need sometimes. Yeah, so like that could be, could make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, Peter, it's always great talking with you, like your new stories. And mm-hmm. how, just out of curious, we have one minute left. How do you pick these stories? Stories. I'm curious. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, how do you go after and decide what to write about? Yeah, great question. Uh, in terms of something with the J.C. Penny thing, um, you know, they they pitched us on you know this bigger reinvestment plan was being announced. It was one of the biggest pieces of news that dropped before the Labor Day weekend, and so I just kind of hopped on the line with their chief customer officer, Katie Mullen, and we kind of talked it through. Uh, but other than that, I'm kind of looking for stuff that. Um, you know, like the Dove campaign is a good example. You know, what is trying to tap into these broader cultural mm-hmm. discussions? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically, I write a lot about the packaged goods space, companies like Unilever, Pepsi, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of what I'm keeping an eye on is like that type of marketing 
um, that's trying to, you know, say something that goes beyond, you know, just the ad itself or is positioned around like a big event or, or that type of thing. Got it. Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you? What's your Twitter handle? Or no, X? Uh, my X handle, yeah. <laughs> What's your X handle? handle? Yeah, right. I post on there relatively sparingly <laughs> oh, right now, but it's uh, uh, at, at Patch Adams uh, 03. Uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn. And then the website is uh, marketingdive.com, dive like a diving board. Thank you very thank you much, so much for being here. We and you. we'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. And you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing, or you can follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming. We'll be back next week. Until then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM, one. 32.